Shelton. It's Dainer and Jane. This episode here, that podcast ground, is presented by Visa. A network working for everyone. Paul Hinder Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you on the walkout on a day where the Bengals lose in a wild one, 26-23 at Paul Brown Stadium. The San Francisco 49ers fall to 7-6 and six on the year, fall out of the playoff picture. That is the end game looking forward, but what happened in game was... A whole lot of things that you might be familiar with. Bengals start slow. Bengals take on self-inflicted wounds, give other team free points. Bengals show grit, battle back, and find a way to end up losing this one in overtime. It's like, Jay, these traits that we have talked about with this team, you know, we're, we're in this. This is it. We're in the stretch run. This is the last five games of the season. This is who you are. This is who this team is right now. They make dumb mistakes. They're sloppy. But they do have a whole lot of grit and and the ability to, to come back and fight back. And they will fight to the end. And sometimes that's enough. And sometimes it's not. And for a number of reasons we're going to dive into here, including one that the head coach admitted he probably screwed up and is going to be thinking about all night. Uh, they take a, 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 an L with a massive ripple effect over the next few weeks. I don't know how you people do it. I don't know <laughs> how you stay fans of this team. It's, if you're tuning in for therapy, this might not be it because I'm saying, what are you guys thinking? Uh, it, 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 it's, it's not a surprise because we knew this team's margin for error was so thin. And I think that's what makes it even more frustrating is – the errors were there, and the game was still there to win. I, I think in some regards they are still further along than any of us expected them to be at this point. But you can't – you just – you can't drop two punts in the first half of a game and expect to win. You, you We've talked about it ad nauseum. Every podcast, how important turnovers are. And it's just – it's like every, every week they find a different way to lose. And I – I almost wonder, is it is it better to lose this way to get in a hole and show some fight and come back and take the lead in overtime and be one stop away from a win as opposed to jumping out fast and then collapsing? I think the collapse is worse, but in the end, they're all L's. They all count the same on the standings, and now this team is really – in a fight just to make the postseason. Yeah, five teams in the AFC at seven and six. The Bengals are outside. The Bengals are now third t- behind Cleveland on the tiebreaker, who's also seven and six um, in the AFC North, but only one game behind the Ravens, who are a mess, and Lamar Jackson went off on a cart and missed mm-hmm. the game today, and and they continue to lose. So it's, it, I mean, ridiculously, it's all still right there in front of me. It's, there's a chance to to do all the things they want to do, and they're, they're clearly close. You know, I mean, it's not like this isn't a team with merit or value or playmakers. I mean, Joe Burrow took over. What he did taking this team from the shadows of his own goalpost in the two-minute drill at the end of the game to throw the touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, an explosive Jamar Chase again today, and a dropping Jamar Chase again today. But an ex- you see that, and and 
that's why you believe in what this team could do if they could get themselves to the big stage. Like, if it, he just is so good in those moments, in those big moments. He's so good. And he's the reason you believe if they can just find a way to stop killing themselves, he'll mm-hmm. win it for them. He'll get you there and get him to that stage. But you can't take the ball out of his hands when he has the chance to get you there. And that's where we need to start is that where this game really kind of a couple of places this game ended. There's a bunch. But let's talk about overtime. The Joe Burrow has now driven you down the field to the last three drives in unbelievable fashion. He's throwing it all over the place and Chase is breaking them. You have a San Francisco secondary that is beyond beleaguered. I don't even – there's Josh Norman is far and away their best dude, and he stinks. <laughs> and they have – and they and they already had uh, – Thomas had gone out. Avery Thomas had gone out. Like I mean, I don't even know who they were trotting out there. And they're just playing this deep shell and trying to dare the Bengals to do anything but throw against their crappy secondary. And the Bengals, much of the game, went took the bait. They went against a light box, and they did their light box thing and handed it to Mixon. Well, guess what? It got them four yards per carry between Pirine and Joe Mixon running against a light box all game. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow threw it 27 times against a light box for 10.4 yards per attempt and two touchdowns. They took the bait 16 times and ran it instead of throwing it. Most notably... They drive to the 26 in overtime. Burrow is dicing it up. Run, run, third and three, sack. Yep. Brutal stretch. Brutal. You had them reeling. Burrow had them reeling. You had a chance to go for the jugular, not even make your defense get on the field. And it got conservative. We asked Zach Taylor about it after the game. First time I had, I think I had about three questions repeating it, trying to get more on mm-hmm. it. And he kind of said, you know, when you see the light box, you believe in your run game and, and you think the run game can bust it through. And certainly we've seen them had success in the run game in the red zone in the past, but it wasn't working all day. And Burroughs hot, right? And he kind of says, you know, you, you just, you got to kind of see that and, and and believe it. And, yeah, it's something you think about. It came back later on. We went back in later on. Joe Damon went back on with him and said, isn't there something about the hot hand that got you already down there? And it was almost like it flipped on him. And he's like, you're right. right. He said, yes, you're right. I agree. That is essentially said it's an error. I feel like it's a mistake and it's going to have me up all night and – that's great. This is the second straight week we have admitting airs on the podium. And the bottom line is, though, you just can't take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands in that spot. You just can't. And they did it too many times today. And to do it when you're in that spot is a tough one to swallow. It's it's that that new argument of analytics versus gut versus hunch versus feel seeing what's happening and reacting to it and yeah it says against a light box you should run it but you you're right and, and joe damon was right and, and, and zach came around to it and said you do have to just kind of feel how it's going and i don't have a problem with the run on first down you've got them on their heels maybe that's a good spot to try to hit them for five or six didn't work out it was what a four yard four. game four than three 
then throw it after that. I mean, the, at the end of regulation, Joe Burrow's final two completions of regulations were his two longest of the game. 29 yards to, was it Higgins? No, it was Boyd to get him down there close, and then 32 to, to chase for the touchdown to tie it. And then he comes out and he hits Higgins for a big one in overtime. The big play to CJ to get him to the 26. It's rolling. Everything is working. And, and you just totally go back against it. And it, it's just... It, it's not just that. It, even the the way they came out in the second half, they they Ugh. blow that huge opportunity. Darius Phillips fumbles the ball. Not only does it cost them a chance to get points, the 49ers get points. And they get the ball first coming out in the second half and run, 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 punt. Three straight runs to start a second half when you need to mount a comeback. It's just, I don't know. It's, it, I know... That's the whole part of analytics is you follow the rules set out and in more times than not, you come out ahead, but it's not a guarantee that you're going to come out ahead every time. That's where the hunch comes into it. When, when you have to have a feel for the game and, and sometimes go against what the numbers say, sometimes you double down on eight or nine. It's, it's not, you just can't go by the book every single time. Well, and, and it's not even, I mean, the thing is, the numbers say, even in the light box, you're still tearing them up, especially at that point in overtime where you'd watched what had happened yeah. at the end. And you would watch what had happened getting all the way down the field. I mean, there, the mismatches were everywhere. They were in your favor. We talked about it all week. The mismatch in your favor is these receivers. When you let these receivers go out there, they made plays. Mm-hmm. They made plays for you. And, you know, to, to say we'd rather get baited into running at Fred Warner? <laughs> I mean, look, it, there, there's a, we talked a lot after the game with, with Joe Burrow, and, and he kind of said, look, I, I, we run the plays that are called, and every play can go for a touchdown. Every play, when executed properly, can go for a touchdown including those running plays and and there was no bus throwing necessarily there but there was a I run the plays that are called answer yeah. and that's fair I mean if you ask Joe Burrow of course any quarterback with anything to them especially one that's Joe like Joe Burrow would like to see the game in his hands the fact that it wasn't in his hands is an error and that's fine but you know when you look at the direction that things were going you you just got to understand when, it, and maybe he got sacked. Maybe he would have got like on third down. But too many times in this game, we saw that, re, you know, refusal to find ways to make plays despite what they're trying to bait you into doing. And that was San Francisco's way of covering up their bad secondary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows? Maybe if they would have thrown there, it would have been a sack just like it was on third down at the end. Whatever. But that wasn't the only conservative time of the game. No. We saw fourth down and two fourth and shorts the first in, half. in the first half that they chose to kick field goals instead of go for it. Now, fourth down bot, who we love fourth down bot, who kind of <laughs> gives us our the, – the both called them toss-up, medium, maybe you should have, maybe you should There was no egregious – yeah. By the numbers on either of those. But look, here's what I thought we were we had heard. This team is going to be aggressive this year. Yep. This team is not going to sit back and be conservative. We're going to play to win games. And we saw them play for field goals and one that was missed. 
Um, you know, and and I don't know that they are an aggressive team. It feels like when the situation evens out, the aggression evens out. And and that's to me the frustration with your look when I look at some of the inconsistencies. There's there's something to the fact that when your back's against the wall, you're taking chances and you're maybe you're you're, you're obviously going to be more aggressive there. But you know, to not say, well, let's just play like this more all game. I know you're scared of the rush and you're, you know, you know the hits that Burrow's taken, but damn, like at some point you, you, you can't constantly be restrictive. And I just, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at the conservative nature in a number of big spots, not just the prominent one at the end. The, the first fourth down yeah, I could have gone either way on that. The second one, I, I, I definitely – it was longer. The first one was fourth and one, and they kicked the field goal. second one was fourth and two inside of two minutes. Um, what was it? it was inside the – was it the 10-yard line? I mean, if you don't get it there, you've got Jimmy G trying to go down the field with a minute and a two-minute drive. That's exactly where you want him, dropping back, throwing the ball a lot. You have to feel – you're getting the ball first to start the second half. That's the one that really puzzled me. That's the one I thought where they were going to go for it. And especially knowing Zach's history, and that that one surprised me more than the the one earlier in the game, the fourth and one when he won it. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. All that said, you end up needing one stop to win the game, yeah. and and your defense has played pretty well. Um, what did we see? San Francisco do they? They didn't go into their like running attack. They let Joe Jimmy G open it up. Now they got down there and George Kittle. Unreal. We we knew they weren't going to have answers for him. Nobody does. He's just an absolute beast. I mean, every play. You know, they get the missed field goal from Robbie Gould at the end after Kittle makes an incredible play. But you talk about missed opportunities and this. You know this. It, this isn't picking on somebody, but, you know, Jesse Bates had a bad week last week, and we talked about that, and, and the Chargers took advantage of him in some spots. It's hard to say catch interceptions when you have a chance, and, like, there's mm-hmm. these a lot going on in the field. Jesse Bates dropped what could have been a walk-off pick six, and we're not talking enough about that, and we'll probably end up not talking about it hardly enough at all. But you that is the play. You watch all week. I actually retweeted a video. The NFL Network did this whole five-minute segment with a bunch of like junior high kids on the field acting like defenders and Kurt Warner's out there acting like the quarterback, <laughs> all talking about how Jimmy G throws these interceptions over the middle of the field and the safety steps in and takes them away. It's happened all year. And he showed all the best safeties in the league making these plays. Harrison Smith had made one. Uh, I have to go back and look at it all. But there was there was like three of them they showed. And another one where a linebacker had dropped into these holes in the middle of the field. Jimmy G will throw you this pick one or two times a game. You know it's coming. Wait, And Jesse did know it was coming. He did. He jumped it. He jumped it. And he dropped it. That would have been an epic moment here at Paul Brown Stadium. That would have been it. I mean, there was no one. That would have been a pick six Jesse Bates redemption arc moment. And much like a lot of big moments for Jesse Bates this year, he dropped it. 
And that's a tough one to swallow. You know, a guy who you count on to be a playmaker, a guy who's supposed to be your center field weapon, to drop that in that spot will not get enough run as one of the major errors in this game. I do wonder, and I, you you guys listening probably maybe saw more replays. I only saw two replays. and one, well, I saw the original play and then a, and a, like an all-22 replay, and I couldn't tell if Ayuk hit Jesse Bates' left arm, which would have well, – it wouldn't be a drop. It would be – they don't call it a PBU, but it would almost be understandable that he dropped the ball. If that's the case, I mean, I had two game-winning plays today because mm-hmm. he'd scored the game-winning touchdown overtime. If he hit Jesse Bates' arm on that, then that was a huge play because it, it it was there. I mean, Jesse cut in front of him, and it, it, it almost looked like I reached out and just tried to do what he could to try to break it up. But even that, I mean, still, you – you make a jump like that, and you've got to come down with that ball. And who knows? We, I mean, he doesn't have great speed. Does he take it to the house? You don't know. But it's still, it's, it's a, it puts them in position to kick the field goal to win it, as opposed to counting on Robbie Gold to miss the field goal to go to overtime. He is literally paid, and we'll see how much he's paid yeah. to make that play. Yep. Best safety in the league. Makes that play, and it's and it's killer in a huge spot in a huge game, in a your moment. That one's a tough one to swallow. All right, let's talk about Darius Phillips. I understand that people want to stop the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the last time we talk about it. I, you know, you might be right. You know, we've talked about he's been on thin ice with this coaching staff since the moment For, this coaching staff got here. Yeah, and specifically this year. You know, we saw him healthy scratched last week. Mm -hmm. We saw Trenton Irwin returning punts. Clearly, confidence was not there. Him even being active today was maybe a surprise. But I think with Chibay Wuzier's injury hanging out there, you're worried about cornerback depth potentially. If Cheetah goes out there and tries it and it fails him in the first quarter, now you're down to Apple and Hargraves and Jalen. You're worried about your corner depth immediately. You don't have those same concerns at receiver. So having Irwin up, who was inactive, just really the only thing he does for you is return. Yep. Is what's your value in that roster spot? And you say, look, Phillips has done this damn thing all year. He hasn't really killed you. You feel you feel like he's always about to kill you, but he never really has. So you put him back out there because you're you're con- for your overall roster situation, you're you're worried about it. And he drops the first punt, and it's a turnover. And they end up getting the stop and holding him to three points. Shame on you, Darius Phillips. When he goes out there again, and you you know, and you ship him back out there again, shame on you, Bengals coaching staff. You know that to me, that was that's the two because the second one, that's the killer. The one right before halftime. You're about to get the ball and do your two-minute drill thing that you do so well, that you've done all year, and you know possibly take the lead. It's 10-6, to six, and you just give it to them in range, and then they score a touchdown. You're on 17-6 to six at halftime. You put yourself into an awful situation because of that play. I almost wonder if they did send him back. Because the first one, he had room to run, the one he muffed. And the second one, I almost wonder if they sent him out there and said, no matter what, you fair catch it. Because it's all of his problems in the past have been decision-making and wrong cuts, that kind of thing. He 
he was he really struggled when he first got here with with catching the ball, but he seemed like he got past that. Yeah, and you know he he calls for a fair catch. That people they say it all the time. The guys on the other team get paid to make plays too. Nobody's making a play there. It's you and the ball. Catch it. And he calls a fair catch and he drops it. It was just it was un, I, I want to say it was unbelievable, but. You almost come to expect it now with, with Darius that something's going to go wrong when the ball's coming his way, and we did. That was it. At first part for a part there in the second half, I was wondering if he was even out there, and he was wearing he was the only player wearing a coat, I guess, to hide his number so he couldn't get jeered from the sidelines. But it, I I just can't imagine the trust is there for them to to put him in no after way. this. No way. He's I think healthy scratch the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, if that. I or know. emergency cornerback. He, like, he's active, but yeah. he's not going to see the field unless something goes haywire. Yeah, I mean, there's no – I mean, Trey Wayne's at some point is going to come up. Right. And, and that's the other understated part of this, right? Yeah. Like, let's call a spade a spade here. Trey Wayne's would have been your answer to not having to worry about Darius Phillips. But that dude can't play, apparently, for a hamstring that he clearly was practicing all week on. Yeah. Now, we don't know. Maybe something happened pregame. Maybe something happened Saturday. Maybe something happened Friday. But you have this guy who everything's tracking towards playing, who you pay a lot of money to, who apparently wasn't good enough to be called up for this when you have Cheeto out there gritting through an injury that clearly he can barely go out there and play on. And keeping Darius up because you're worried about cornerback depth because you couldn't bring Trey Waynes up. That's brutal. That's another brutal stake in the – well, the coffin's already shut on Trey Waynes. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's – you know, you, I, we don't know the full details on what happened over the weekend that that move did not happen. But that is really, you know, a domino effect of Darius Phillips being out there. Yeah, because he was – Zach was asked about that, and he said it came down to a roster decision because they – where they were with cornerbacks, he, they didn't have the luxury of, of dressing Trent Irwin. I, I mean, I'm sure – they put Vernon Hargraves in when, when Eli Apple went down. So really you're – you're you're keeping Darius Phillips in case two guys get hurt. Yeah, and I don't. It was it was a risk, and, and it blew up. They they got burned by it. Yeah, I mean, even even on kickoff, Stanley Morgan. You know, you have a fumble and a near fumble. Mm-hmm. I mean, four times they were basically an inch away from four times giving it away. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, it's it's just you know, you miss a field goal. Evan McPherson misses a field goal. That, that will, all of these things, you know, we'll be talking to Aaron Simmons, I'm sure, on on Monday. But you know, it's 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 just kind of if it's not one thing, it's the other, right? If it's not, you know, an, a chase drop and mixing an unbelievable fumble in the middle of nowhere, giving them giving the Chargers the game, and you can't catch or return a return a kick in this game. What are we talking about? So when we ask and when we talk to coaches and players about it, they feel like they're a playoff team. And Zach Taylor said, I don't think anybody wants to play us. And he means it in the fact that they, they do. They fight to the end. They've got a lot of talent, all of this stuff. I don't know. I think most teams kind of want to play a team that self-destructs all the time in the playoffs. Yes. Because that's who they are right now. Until proven otherwise, it's who they are. And they couldn't run the ball in a light box, if that's going to be part of your thing. They didn't let Joe Burrow go win the game. They botched multiple opportunities in the first half. They continue to be sluggish in these first halves. And I don't think it's an energy thing. I don't think it's not intense thing. I don't think it's not a prep thing. They just do dumb crap. 
And that's who you are right now as a team. Those are your definitive traits. They continue to be. And I don't know when that's supposed to change. I mean, you don't get bigger than this. I mean, you do, but for where they're at and who they are right now at this point in the season, this game, you don't get bigger than these moments. And you continue to be who you are. And they're going to have four more chances to prove they're not this. But for now, this is who they are. And maybe that's better than you thought they'd be back at the beginning of the year. But this team should have higher expectations considering where they're at, the players they have, and what they have proven they can be. The fact they're not is an issue. Yeah, seven and four with back-to-back home games. You you can't lose them the way you have. And even you look at it that the Vegas game was the same way. They they didn't make the brutal mistakes that buried them in that game, but they came out so slow in that game, and the defense bailed them out. This is three of the last four games where they have just started horribly, and now you go on the road. And you you know you're go- Denver's playing really well right now, and it's it's. Not going to be ideal conditions, you wouldn't think. December in Denver, they they have got to figure out a way to get off to a better start because you could see this spiraling really quickly. I mean, it already feels like it is, yeah. but you could see you know a loss and all of a sudden you're 500, and then you've got the Ravens coming here, and it and then the Chiefs. It's just that that margin for error is so thin, and they you got to take care of the easy things. Quit doing like you said. Quit doing stupid stuff. The other team's going to have their say, and then they're going to stop you on some things. When the when the plays are there to be made, you got to make them, and they're they're just not right now. They're not too often. They're not. Jamar Chase, though, I mean, down the stretch was fantastic. Yeah. They, the The miracle fourth and five throw, you know, they laughed about it afterwards. Burrow said it's his favorite he's ever thrown to Chase, favorite touchdown he's ever thrown to him, and he said because when. When he threw it, he 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 purposely he said he purposely. You go back and watch the play. He goes to roll to the left, but then he sees that Jamar's on the other side. So he's basically in his head is saying, "I don't give a damn. I'm just finding a way to find Jamar here." So he rolls back around, and Jamar is running left across the back of the end zone when Burrow throws it to the behind him to the right. He. And, you know, Jamar said, that was good by Joe. Fooled me because I was still running the other way. All of a sudden, he looks up and sees the ball going the other way, and he turns back, somehow tiptoes. Jamar said he actually thought he might have been out on the uh, on the replay. He's glad they didn't call it. And he, and he catches that one. I mean, you get the miracle play to put you in, and then you get the fantastic sluggo down the sideline pass uh, from Burrow to him, one of their, you know, and he's kind of in chases back, right? And you kind of yeah. have that going again. Hit, you know, they had all that going. And um, so it, that was a good bounce back for him after early where he had a drop and then he had a uh, touchdown that was overturned in the end zone. And so a bit of a rebound game for Chase that gives you some – not that you needed hope there, but certainly positive encouraging signs there. But when you come away from it and you're – Still, all that matters is win or loss right now. Like the rest of it's all for off-season fodder. Yeah, I mean the, the touchdown that was overturned. That was another one where the plays there to be made. That I I consider that a drop. He if he catches it squarely, if he goes to the ground and it hits the ground, it doesn't move and it's still a touchdown. The ball's allowed to touch the ground if you have control. He should have had control of that. He didn't, and then when it hit the ground, one hand came off and it was an an easy. I mean, he said he still thinks it was a touchdown. It wasn't. The ball clearly moved. One of his hands came off. But that's a, again, that's a play that is there to be made. 
you have to make it. As great as it was that he came back and had those two big catches in the fourth quarter, that's one that they've got to have. So Bengals 7-6, and six, uh, they travel to Denver next week, and then they get the Ravens here at home after the Ravens lost to the Browns. You know, everybody but the Browns loses in the division this week, and the Browns, you, you might argue them as the front runner now at this point um, when you consider the way everybody else in the division is playing. And uh, that game in Week 17 feels like it will be very, very important. Uh, at least the Bengals certainly should hope it is, and it's not just the yes. end of an epic meltdown and spiral. You know, this team was five and two. This team was five and two. Now they're two and four since. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be mirrors. There's going to be to look into. There's yep. going to be uh, soul searching. There's going to be a lot of things in front of them still. We're going to hear all that crap this week. Destiny is theirs. Yeah. And all we got to do is just stop having the, making these self inflicting errors and all that stuff, and we'll be good. And we can, but all that junk is going to be said this week. None of it matters. Go out and win a game. Go out and make the plays you need to make it. And you know what? Let Joe Burrow make them. Let Joe Burrow win you the game. In the biggest moment today, they took the ball out of his hand. And um, that's a tough one to swallow for the head coach, for the quarterback. I think for everybody that was here. We will be back with you to talk more about this stuff after some reaction. Uh, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Reminder, we have our live room, which I'm sure you guys will fill with nothing but <laughs> happiness tomorrow. Uh, it is at noon. How it works is you just show up, open up the app, at, and we will be in there at noon, Jay and I, and uh, you'll just listen to us talking. And then if you have something, that, a question that you'd like to ask, we'd ask it. It isn't filled with expletives or anger. Just kind of, just maybe, maybe not. Um <laughs> If you have a question you'd like to ask, something you wanted to hear discussed or talk about, uh, bring those and we'll invite you on stage to ask us a question. We're going to do it for about 20, 30 minutes and just kind of, it's, we're going to turn the floor over to you guys. We want you guys to have your chance to talk about where you feel things are at and maybe some of your frustrations and things like that, or maybe your happiness and optimism. Maybe you'll only have unicorns and rainbows for our live room on Monday, but that's at noon. Just go into the app. It will be there just like when you go in and see a, a Q and A there where you can hop in and ask questions. Same thing except it's jay and i talking if you're familiar with you know other some other platforms have very similar stuff now but you can uh, go onto the app that'll be at noon on monday our live room and uh, we hope you'll show up all right thanks everybody for listening and uh we will talk to you next time on here that podcast ground have a good one everybody